So here's today's transformational truth. If we lead for affirmation, we'll never be a courageous leader. Welcome to the Transformational Truth Podcast, where we're committed to eliminating the obstacles that take the joy out of life and leadership. Our special guest today is Bishop Sherman D. Farmer. Bishop Farmer is an author, he is a visionary leader, and he's the founder of Straightway Apostolic Ministries located in Baltimore, Maryland. He also serves as the Apostle and Bishop to Greater Revival Center in Virginia. Bishop Farmer oversees multiple ministries and churches and church leaders in multiple countries around the globe. And he's here with us today to talk about one of the most important issues when it comes to leaders finding a sustainable model of leadership. I don't want to take up any more time. Let's go ahead and jump in to this conversation. So here's today's transformational truth. If we lead for affirmation, we'll never be a courageous leader. And today we're talking about learning to lead from our identity rather than for one. Because as long as we believe our value comes from the approval of the crowd, we'll never be an effective or courageous leader. Our sense of value will rise and fall on the opinions of others. Their applause will be intoxicating. Their silence, crushing. But, but when you discover the source of your value, you'll stop leading for an identity and start leading from one. And here helping us unpack today's transformational truth is Bishop Sherman Farmer, a friend. I'm excited he's with us today. Bishop, welcome to Transformational Truths. We're so honored to have you here. Thank you, my brother and my friend. I'm, I'm more than obliged to be here. Well, I'm excited about it. Uh, Bishop, uh, very few things, as you know, rob leaders of a sense of joy and fulfillment, mm -hmm. like a lack of identity and knowing where our value originates from. Mm -hmm. I, see, I see incredibly gifted, talented leaders wrestle with this. They've lost joy. They've lost peace. Uh, they feel like they're constantly on an emotional roller coaster. What are some of the pitfalls? that we as leaders, both ministry leaders and otherwise, fall into when we don't place our identity solely in Christ? Yeah. Uh, first and foremost, this is a subject matter that's very dear to my heart because I, like any other leader, have been through conundrums and cycles of this very same issue. I wanted to turn the t-shirt inside out, actually. I wanted to look at um, it from a standpoint of saying I'm practicing identity theft is what causes the pitfalls mm. when you practice identity theft you know most people tend to take um composites of different inspirational aspects of different leaders different uh inspirational figures and that's fine but sometimes you can have too much uh um, too too full of a measure of it and when you're overly inundated with that it creates that what i call displacement syndrome Okay, mm. so that displacement syndrome brings you into a place where you fall into the pitfalls of um, inordinate operations. You know, you start, your hand is in this, your hand is in that. And we know that the Bible says that any man that's building anything 
must first count up the cause. So that right. inordinate operation brings you into another pitfall of when you think you're building, you're actually moving to the pendulum of propensity to belly up instead mm. of build. It'll be an illusion. You, you find yourself in illusions of grandeur. Um, but the thing that got me the most when I was going through it was untimely ambition. That is one mm. of the major pitfalls, untimely ambition. I don't think there's anything wrong with ambition. God wants us to be um, ambitious, you know, but at the end of the day, you can be the right person at the wrong time. The right wow. person at the wrong time. Wow, 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 and, wow. You and, said and untimely you... ambition. Untimely mm -hmm. ambition. All right. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that is a rich concept. That is mm -hmm. a rich concept. And I think it's mm -hmm. an important concept. You said you can be mm -hmm. the right person at the wrong time. Wow. Just 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 take a minute unpack that idea of untimely mm -hmm. ambition. How have, have you encountered that? Uh, mm -hmm. As you said, most of us or all of us as leaders, if we're going to be honest, have mm -hmm. wrestled with this concept. Every one of us mm -hmm. have wrestled with identity theft, finding our identity in Christ or somewhere else and felt the pain of not knowing who we really are. Mm -hmm. Can you just unpack untimely ambition a little bit more for us? Practically speaking, what does that look like? Ooh. The Holy Spirit just dropped it in my spirit so heavily. Joseph. Mm. 17 years old. Genesis 37. Has a dream. Has it twice. Telling it. Not understanding that when you release it, it comes with a level of responsibility. Mm. That untimely ambition caused him to be in crisis at home with not only his parents, but his siblings. Puts him on the road. You, We know the story. But the part that got me, he's, even after he went from the pit to Potiphar's house, to the prison, he still had untimely ambition in his heart. He told the butler, remember me hmm. when you get out of the scenario. But yeah. God made it so that the butler forgot him. So when untimely ambition shows up, it causes you to have an internalization of personalized offense. Hmm personalized office you know there's subjective and objective reality so it's right. you know it's different when you legitimately have an offense from someone who may not have their character as airtight or ironclad at a given moment in season encountering you but when you have the sustained um infection of that personalized subjective offense everything is going to offend you your ability mm -hmm. your talent your your connections you'll think everybody should owe you something mm. and everybody should recognize you and you've been hurt can't people feel your wounds i was that person and mm. so when you walk in that untimely um ambition i put down it's a suicide note to your prophetic promise wow a suicide note to your prophetic promise wow wow <laughs> my goodness we bishop farmers come out of the gate um <laughs> running today sharing Hallelujah. some transformational truth today oh my mm. goodness um you know on that note bishop i've i've often discovered that the seeds of offense are mm. most easily sown in the soil of pride yes, and Lord. and it is it is interesting how uh, the enemy uses uh, many of those old wounds that hasn't healed yet in our lives as leaders mm -hmm. to sow the seeds mm. of offense and keep us offended and it's such a mm. limiting mindset or a lid on our lives 
you're uncovering some incredible truth, practical truth, helpful mm -hmm. truth. Mm -hmm. Why do you think mm -hmm. the attack on our identity as leaders is so mm -hmm. prevalent? It is so prevalent. Mm -hmm. I, I, I have the honor and the privilege of serving and working with some incredible uh, mm -hmm. leaders, uh, both in ministry, and I see it um, outside of the context of local ministry, mm -hmm. talented, gifted, mm -hmm. um, visionary, mm -hmm. but the attack on their identity is has been so fierce. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes in conversation or in coaching, you begun to realize that that attack didn't just start yesterday. It was something that's been years and years and years in the making. Mm -hmm. Why do you think that this attack on our identity as leaders is so prevalent? Um, you know, the scripture tells us that we're all who are gifted in leadership, whether whatever titles, specifics that you have, we bring the body together if we're truly that leader. And so if the leader is attacked, simple, simple clarity, the body will not congeal. The body will, mm. will experience destabilization. And so I look at four major areas why the leaders attack. Number one, if you take the leader's name, you take his power. Mm. Take his name, you take his power. Because the Bible talks about in the book of Proverbs that your name is, is better than riches, you know. Mm. But after you take his name, you got to take his ability. Because you do see that as that goes on in, in the the attack, it starts to cripple the ability, especially the talent. Maybe not the spiritual gift. The spiritual gifts become dormant because we we keep those there without repentance. But the talents, which are symbiotically connected to the gifts, they suffer um, uh, maybe some type of a delay or, mm -hmm. uh, or uh, I hate to say dis-ease. That's a good way to say it. Uh, because your ability is your accent. You know, think mm -hmm. about it. Your name gives you the power, but your ability is your access because it says your gifts shall bring you before great men. So now you've lost your access. Hmm. So it wants to, it, you know, the, that we, we can call it antagonism or the negative force or the enemy, you want to, whatever you want to call it. Its job is to take your accessibility. But that right. third thing is your influence because once you get among those men, you have to use your influence. I, I, one of my favorite scriptures, even when um, we had our former president in office, is Proverbs 29, 2. It says, when the righteous are in uh, leadership, the people rejoice. That's the influence of the leader. But when the wicked are in ruling or leadership, the people mourn. So that takes out not only the joy in the leader, based on where the leader is and his righteousness or unrighteousness will determine how the atmosphere, the environment, and the temperature is set. Hmm. So finally, um, the anointing. The anointing, the attack is for the, to take away the power of the anointing because it's the anointing that destroys the yokes that brings people to their freedom in the transformational truth that we want them to experience in Christ. And so if he gets those four things, we, we will have disorder, displacement, discouragement, you hmm. know, and we will never get to that bridge over tr troubled waters where Ephesians 4 talks about, where we're bringing us together into the unity of faith. And that's why the attack is so heavy. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Let me ask you a question. Yes, sir. Bishop Farmer, when in your, your own leadership journey, mm -hmm. certainly you have gone through discouragement. 
you've yeah. suffered your own seasons of feeling discouraged. How did yep. you as a leader navigate those discouraging seasons? Mm -hmm. You know, you hit it earlier uh, when you said that at the root cause of it is always down to pride. Even if we allow ourselves to be victimized by someone taking advantage of us in ministry or we've had people to betray our trust and confidence. At the core of it, I had to recognize that it was pride, that mm. was selfishness, that was self-centeredness that put me on the path towards um, being overly discouraged. I mean, of course, we're human beings. We're going to experience good days, bad days. Right, you know? right. But right. when we're beyond those portals of reasonability in those good days, bad days reactions, and we're stuck in this place of, oh, I can't get up, I can't move, we have to recognize that we allowed it into our gates and into our borders of our heart, our lives, uh, our minds. You know, the mind of Peter said is like, gird up the loins of the mind. So what, if, what did I let in? What did I open up for my untimely ambition, et cetera, et cetera. And mm. So for me, <clears throat> what I had to do is I had to be honest. I had to be honest. I put myself in this position. I gave people power to put me in this position. And mm. so the same way I gave people power to put me in this position, I'm going to have to use that same little ounce of power left to ask God to bring me out of it. Reminds me of Samson down in the, in, in the bottom, uh, holding up the columns. He's blinded, stripped of his power. Right. He asked God, just give me one more chance. Let me use my last ounce of effort to take down what has taken me down. Hmm. And so when we think like that, even though we don't want to fall on a sword for sweat, say, we want to think about that projectiles and time is so valuable. Ah, so good. Hallelujah. So good. In your estimation. Thank you, sir. What's one or two major contributors? What do you think to the lack of confusion about our value and identity? What feeds this temptation to place our worth in something other than Christ? Mm -hmm. This was uh, this question here is one of the, the hard hitting questions out of the entire um, interview. And I'm going to tell you. As an apostle, bishop, we watch trends. We watch how the historic um, uh, movement of the church is observed. Like, for example, when we were coming up, it was about two things. You have empower of the Holy Ghost, and authority of the Holy Ghost. Those were the two major things that you look for in a leader. Right. Now, those things are being suffocated and pushed out by wealth and money. Hmm. I think those are the two contributing factors that causes the confusion because now we equate leadership with how much money do, uh, is in their portfolio and how much wealth have they accured, uh, accumulated rather. Hmm. And so it makes you think about the parable of the rich fool, right? Right. And Luke 12, where it says one's life does not consist of the, in the abundance of possession. We are teaching in church get money and get rich and be blessed and be prosperous and be financially well. That's good. But at the end of the day, if those things never reach you, that's not the basis of your spirituality. And so mm. now our assignment now is to make sure we get rid of this filthy lucre and the love of money, which has caused us root of all evil. Mm. And that's scripture. So at the core value of all that we think is valuable is actually what we have to toss that out with the bath water and go back to Where's the power? Where's the authority?
for that valid, validates you more than anything. And I'm not talking about my own power. I'm right. talking about the power of the Holy Ghost that's distributed by Christ, which gives us the authority to operate in such power because Jesus has come to yeah. die for our sins and resurrect. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Bishop. Hallelujah. What would you say? Yes, sir. To encourage a leader who, like so many of us, has misplaced his value and his source of identity, and he's really not sure how to get his or her true self back, what would you say to encourage them today? Mm. Scripture still runs in my mind again, Brother Bishop, the prodigal son. Mm. Your true self is not until you come to the end of yourself. As believers, we understand that it's not I that lives, it's Christ that lives in me. So the whole thing is, like you said, when we started out the interview, Jesus has to become the leader in you. Mm. Mm -hmm. Transformational truth for today is if we lead for affirmation, we'll never be a courageous leader. Bishop Farmer, where can people find you? I'm locatable on um, Facebook as Sherman D. Farmer. You can also check us out on the Gibeah Ministries for Christ. We do have a public page. We also have our Reformational Straightway Apostolic Ministries. You can tweet me on Delonte Farmer on Twitter. You can catch me on Instagram, Straightway Apostolic Ministries. And I just uh, became a Clubhouse um, subscriber, so you can reach me there as Sherman Farmer on Clubhouse. Fantastic. If you'd like to connect with Bishop Sherman Farmer, please check out the links that we've included for you in the show notes. And if transformational truths is helpful to you, please do me a personal favor. Take a moment, go to Apple iTunes to rate the show, write us a quick review. I want to help you restore the joy to your life and your leadership. Bishop Farmer, thank you so much for joining us today. It was rich. Thank you, sir. 